0: Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds on 103.7 The Buzz, which you can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 103.7 The Buzz.com. There's a few things to get into today, folks. I always, always appreciate you joining in. And uh, I got I to start with what's really upset me, what's really triggered me today on this Tuesday. It's... uh. I'm not surprised by it, but still, it's uh, very upsetting to me, and that is the fact that Mason Jones was not named SEC Player of the Year. Now, he did win the AP, this is another thing, I mean, it's twofold, he won the AP Co-Player of the Year, sharing it with Reggie Perry. Uh, Anyways. So we'll start with the uh, we we'll start with the coaching snub and how he was not named Player of the Year. Instead, they decided to give it to Emmanuel quickly from Kentucky. Now I know that there is bias in the SEC when it comes to the superstar programs. It's just how it is. Kentucky will always be given the benefit of the doubt in almost everything when it comes to accomplishments and awards because Calipari also won coach of the year I don't necessarily have a problem with Calipari winning the coach of the year but I do with the player of the year because Mason Jones call it bias call it whatever you'd like he deserved the SEC player of the year and if you really compare the stats because that's what it's going to come down to is the stats quickly average 16.1 points a game 4.2 rebounds a game and 1.9 assists per game. That was what he did on the season. Mason Jones, 22 points a game, 5.4 rebounds a game, 3.3 assists per game. Mason Jones had averaged almost six more points per game, averaged a full almost rebound and a half per game, and then averaged about an assist and a half more per game. His field goal percentage was also much better. Mason Jones also had the most times being named SEC Player of the Week in SEC history. He was named the Player of the Week the most times in history. He also had the most 30-point games in SEC history, or excuse me, in this century, I should say, so in the past 20 years. He had the most 30-point games in all the SEC in the past 20 years. what else can be said how is this not anybody not seeing this and seeing like this is ridiculous and stupid like i understand that everything's going to be subjective when it comes to greatness i do get that i understand it i even respect it to an extent but the fact of the matter is is that once again it seems like and it's so paint blatantly obvious that there are benefits of the doubt given to the Kentucky basketballs of the world and the Alabama footballs of the world and it's just the way it is I more hate it for Mason Jones because I don't know what else he could have done to to nab that award and I'm sure that, yeah he'll say it and he I'm sure he believes it that he'd rather have the wins over the awards he'd rather be in a position to where they're going to the NCAA tournament rather than the awards of course of course he would but still to be able to have that story be told to where you Mason Jones end up saying that hey we have finally got to the point to where we did everything we could do and we were awarded for it we put the team on our back literally at times and we got we needs to get rewarded for that but unfortunately that's not the way it is and some people were coming at me and saying well John let's be honest you got to be able to have, be on a great team, or a good team at least, to be able to be named SEC Player of the Year. That's not true. If you look back in the 2012-2013 season, when Contavious Caldwell Pope was named SEC Player of the Year at Georgia, that Georgia team went 14-16 and 16 while going 9-9 nine and nine in conference. Not exactly a real banner year for the Georgia Bulldogs, but yet Caldwell-Pope was named SEC Player of the Year for averaging 18 and half points per game and seven rebounds a game. So it can happen. It can be done. But now it's looking at it from the perspective of, well, the SEC and the uh, coaches like themselves some Kentucky, which is so very strange to me too, because... There's a highlight video that the Arkansas basketball put out on Twitter that was showing all the coaches saying, you know, hey, this is, this is, wow, he's just so impressive. I mean, we had no response, we had no answer for him. I mean, they kept going on and on and on about Mason Jones and how good he was. So it just, none of it makes sense. But again, an award like this, in the grand scheme of things, it was going to be nice to have something, you know, you could put on, especially for Eric Musselman. You know, as far as recruiting goes, hey, be like, hey, listen, we took a guy like Mason Jones that wasn't even thought about heading into sophomore year, and we turned him into the SEC Player of the Year. That's what development can do for us. You know, it's just there's just little small things like that could really could have gone a long way. But I'm upset by this. I know a lot of you are upset by this. I think it's trash. It's terrible. But. That's just the way the cookie crumbles, and it is the SEC, and and it is Kentucky, and I, I still believe, folks, call it bitterness, I don't care what you call it, but I firmly believe that if Mason Jones had the same season he had this year, same stats and everything, but he was wearing a Kentucky jersey, not only would he have been SEC Player of the Year, he probably would have won the Naismith. You are Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on into the next segment of the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You know, it's kind of crazy what uh, what this SEC season has beholden, really about basketball and everything. But uh, it's crazy to me how some of these teams have had the seasons that they've had. And now that the SEC tournament has has been laid down and uh, put forth as far as the format and who's going to be playing what, I started to think, why are are we doing this still? Why is the SEC tournament or conference tournaments in general still around, still all of that? Because to me, a team like Kentucky, who won the SEC regular season, they're the best team in the conference, there's no question about it. Why are they even playing in this conference tournament? What do they gain from it? I mean, seriously, what do they gain from playing these games in the conference tournament? Is their seed really going to change if they win a couple of games? Or are they going to go from uh, a two or three or a three seed to a two seed if they go through and win some of these SEC games, SEC tournament games? Maybe. But you know what format I'd like to see? It's not going to happen. And I'm sure a lot of you are going to be looking at me like I'm crazy or, you know, wanting to strangle me through the headphones that you're listening to on. But the thing to me is that <laughs> why not do something where you have the regular season champ have the automatic bid? They get the they get they get in because they're going to get in no matter what. I guess is what I'm saying. They don't get the one automatic bid, but they get in no matter what. Give it to them. And also have the NCAA tournament set its field throughout, you know, all these different, you know, at-large teams that get in, that are good enough to get in, have it set that way. And then have one blank spot, open spot, for SEC, for ACC, for, for whatever, where you don't have the bubble teams in just yet. Because the bubble teams still need to prove themselves. And what you do is that you take out all the teams that got in at large. You take out Kentucky. You take out Auburn. You take out Tennessee. You take or not Tennessee, I guess, but LSU. I don't know if Tennessee's a for sure team getting in, but um, you know, take them out. Whoever is actually in the field that got an at-large bid, put them in. Put them into the tournament already. But take them out of the SEC tournament. And then if there's ten or no eight teams, however many's left. In the SEC, after you take out those teams to give them at-large bids, you give those teams the chance to fight it out in a tournament format, and the winner of that entire tournament gets the the bubble, quote-unquote the bubble, automatic bid from the conference, and they move on, and they play in the NCAA tournament. I think that would be much more enjoyable where you only had teams playing in the tournament that truly had something to play for. That truly wanted to win that tournament because they knew what was on the line. Like Kentucky and Auburn and LSU. I'm not saying they wouldn't play hard in the tournament. But it doesn't do anything for them. It really doesn't. It doesn't give them anything. But a team like Arkansas. Team like Texas A&M. Team like possibly Florida. They would have something to play for. Alabama as well. They would be having an opportunity to play for something great, to play for an actual bid into the NCAA tournament. And I just think that would be, to me, much more enjoyable for many different reasons, but much more enjoyable for the college basketball fan and the fans of those teams knowing that they actually truly have a better chance to make the tournament Than what they would when they're having to go up against Kentucky and Auburn and all that. When they know they're not going to win. They're not the better team. And we see Cinderella stories happen. But not very often. I just think it would be a much more better format. Mainly just due to the fact that it would have uh, some incentives behind it. It would just be better for me. I think so. Again, you're probably thinking I'm crazy. You probably want to throw things at me and that's fine. But just think about that. And maybe you got a better idea for what. The tournament should be like in the sec or maybe you like it the way it is i don't know but what i do know is that there's got to be a better format a better situation a better way of handling it than what's going on right now you are locked on razorbacks your daily arkansas razorbacks podcast all right final segment here on the locked on razorbacks podcast i wanted to bring up the uh The latest uh, big news, I guess, from the coronavirus. Uh, Now, listen, I'm not going to sit here and try to get political or try to talk about something that I don't know much about because I I don't know everything and anything about the coronavirus. I just know it's something that has been causing a lot of issues and causing people to take crazy precautions and, and all of that. But it's crazy because now it's affecting sports in a lot of different ways. But this one was kind of a big one where today it was announced that the Ivy League has canceled its tournament due to the coronavirus. Now, Yale, which won the regular season title, will just go ahead and represent the Ivy League in the NCAA tournament without actually having to uh, play the tournament itself. And I know there's going to be some upset teams about that. Because we we're just talking about tournaments and, and what they mean. They may not mean anything as much to the SEC teams or ACC teams or whatnot, but to the Ivy League teams, they certainly mean something because they don't get as many automatic bids. In fact, most cases, they just get the one automatic bid. They don't get the, or excuse me, an at-large bid. They don't get a lot of at-large bids, so they get the automatic bid from winning the tournament. So I know that's pretty controversial. But everything's been coming a, uh, a big deal here about this, and I'm telling you, I, I don't know much about it. I understand taking preventative measures, but it certainly seems like it's kind of getting out of control. The, the measures that are being taken, I, you know, always want to be safe than sorry. I get it. But I'm just wondering if this is just the overreaction and the panic is making it worse. I really truly believe that. I think that if you're somebody like the the Ivy League, for instance, I mean, do you really want to go about it that way and start changing everything about what you have set up with your sporting events? Like, for instance, in this case, the Ivy League basketball tournament, you want to completely and totally dismantle that because of a possible threat? It just doesn't seem like it's a wise thing to do. It instills more panic than anything. I've seen these videos of people like getting in fights at grocery stores over toilet paper and, you know, cotton swabs, and... It's just, I'm just wondering at some what point are we, is people going to realize that, you know what, the, the way that you're acting, the way that you're going about it is all wrong. The panic is being a lot worse than the actual pandemic itself. And, you know, it's more common that you get the flu and more people die from the flu than you would ever die from the coronavirus. So I get all taking the preventative measures, wash your hands, don't touch your face, don't shake hands, all that stuff, but start canceling events and, like, where it's at in Italy, I know it's been a lot higher of a of a, a connection there and uh, people getting uh, infected by it over in Italy where they've, like, canceled every sporting event. Like, they're playing sporting events in stadiums with nobody in it. It's just a strange thing. And hopefully that doesn't come to uh, fruition over in the United States. But either way, again, I'm out of my element here. I just think it's kind of crazy that the panic has become a much bigger deal than anything else. I think people just need to settle down. And, you know, just do everything you can and making sure that you are taken care of in your preventative measures. And don't worry about the rest of it. Just do what you can and you should be just fine. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked on Razorbacks podcast today. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Buzz John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.